Podcast City Network. Hey everyone, it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything With Me Podcast, and you're listening to Mark the Shark MMA Show. Hi everyone, I am your host, Mark the Shark Retorto, and welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA Show, where every week we talk about the wonderful sport of MMA. To me, we will review the most recent and upcoming events in MMA news. In each episode, the format may be changed, but you will always be entertained. There will be special interviews with special guests, along with special insights on the sport from our guest host. Also, check out our Facebook page for news and updates on future episodes. Also, we appreciate donations from our listeners to keep our podcast up and running. You can make a donation by clicking on the Click the Support button found at anchor.fm slash Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark spelled with a C and not a K. We are also looking for guests who want to be on the show and sponsors who want to advertise their product and brand on the show. For more information, contact me on the Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page. Page. Also, for a plug-in, if you're looking for a good action thriller suspense novel, check out a book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. You can find it on both Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. It is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobooks format on Amazon.com, in paperback version only on BarnesandNoble.com, and hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. For a good book for your kid to read, check out I Am a Survivor or Invisible Girl, written by a little 11-year-old girl by the name of Christina Retorto. She has her books in Kindle and audiobook format and paperback format on Amazon.com and paperback format on both Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And a hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. Okay, everyone, keep on listening. We'll be back shortly after this break. Why is it that so many online businesses fail? Well, according to the famous online business coach, Victor D. Reynolds, most people fail because they do not have strategies in place to ensure their success. Right now, Victor D. Reynolds is willing to share his strategies in his free book called Get Off the Bench. You can get his book for free at www.victordreynolds.com slash getoffthebench. Check it out now and learn how to turn your business into a successful one. All right, guys, we're back on the show. Today, I got Zan on the line, and we're here to talk about UFC 242 coming up this Saturday. Khabib versus Dustin Poirier. How you doing, Zane? Good, Mark. How you doing, everybody? Good, good. Yeah, so uh, what are your thoughts on this weekend's card? I don't know. This is pretty exciting. Uh, you got uh, a bunch of uh, good lightweights. I have to say, Dustin Poirier... Uh, He's doing a heck of a lot better than he did a couple of years ago. I really thought that he was just, uh, you know, he wasn't exactly someone that I liked to watch. I didn't think he was going to make it ever in the top ten again once he uh, fought, um, what's him called, the Irish guy. What's his name? I, uh, the Irish Dragon? No, oh, uh, uh, like, like, Conor like McGregor? Um, who lost to? Conor McGregor. My name's all mixed up for a second. <laughs> but yeah, Dustin, he is definitely a lot better. He's uh, 
he's fighting stand-up and on the ground, and his aggressiveness in the cage is a lot better. I do like what his interviews, he seems pretty humble and straightforward, and he seems to give a lot of good answers that I agree with. But, you know, a couple of years back, once he lost to McGregor, and it was like uh, one or two other close matches or losses, I just feel like uh, you're not going to see him in the top ten. And now all of a sudden, you know, he's over there fighting for the belt. Do I think that he has what it takes to uh, uh, to beat uh, Khabib? I don't know. He He's definitely going to have to stay away from the ground, and that's what everyone tries to do with him. Or he's going to have to, when he's on the ground, try and switch things and, you know, do some, you know, he's got to hurt him. Whenever you have someone who's uh, primarily uh, a one-way type fighter like Khabib, even though Khabib does, you know, well on, with the stand-up, I think that's not really his, uh, that that's not really something that he's, I would say, strong at, even though he does well. I just think that people tend to drop their hands a little bit, always waiting for the takedown, and then they get hit, and they're like, oh, wow, this guy can hit. So I don't think he's great standing up. I just think that he gets a little bit luckier than some people because they're fearful or they're not watching for it. So then Khabib hurts you, and then he takes you to the ground, and then you're done. But uh, I think Dustin has to be not afraid to go in there and hurt him right away. You need to hurt Khabib early. That's going to take away his high-level skills on the ground and everywhere else. You know, you, you punch a black belt in the face, all of a sudden they're a brown belt. And then you keep doing it, and then all of a sudden their belts drop. You know what I mean? So I think, I think that's going to be it. He has to show that he's not afraid and get in there and be aggressive and, of course, watch the takedowns until you hurt him. That that's, would be my recommendation. Yeah, I think you made some good points about uh, when an Arab, like a fighter that faces Khabib, they're going to be so concerned about the takedown that they probably have their hands in position and their body in position to sprawl. So I think I think that's actually a good point that you made there. But and what I like about Poirier... Fighters that are afraid of going to the ground against their opponent, they tend to not move forward. And when you're not moving forward... Now you lose the momentum and the inertia and the strength. So the fighter that's moving forward, they have all that power behind that forward motion. And mm. Khabib tends to be the one, whenever he fights, to dictate that motion. And aggressive, high-level ground attack people tend to have that advantage because people are afraid to go to the ground. So they're always moving back or to the side, and that's not where you have all your power. Not that it can't be done, but you know yeah. you definitely got you know more power. You set the pace, and there's power coming forward, and you know it just it just is more. You get more confidence. So I, I think that's going to be the deal for Dustin. Of course, you're going to have to move sometimes, but he's got to move him back. And you can't you can't take someone down going backwards. You could maybe duck under, and you could you know get in on. But you know when you have the shoulders moving backwards on a wrestler or a takedown specialist, they can't take you down. you got to move him back or hurt his legs, really get a good shot at his legs, you know, and make it difficult for him to to uh, to go in on a guy. You know, you hurt their knees, all of a sudden he can't put his knee down or, or bend down so easily or fast. You know, so there's, there's certain things that I feel that Dustin will have to do to be successful. So you, I, I'm assuming you're 
and I think most people are going to assume the same way, that this is going to be a classic grappler versus striker match, right? I would say initially, unless Dustin is uh, has been, and I think that he has been doing a lot better. I mean, he's, like I said, his aggressiveness, his stand-up, his power, um, he seems to be slipping things uh, better, his kicks. So he absolutely has increased. I mean, that's the reason why he, he is where he is. That's the reason why he beat everyone that he beat. Mm. He's getting better. So maybe, maybe he'll be quite impressive where if Khabib gets a hold of him, but he's able to push him off or get up, you know, that might set the tone too. Maybe he'll tire out Khabib because he can't hold him down. I don't know. Yeah. That's what some people were afraid with Conor McGregor. They were saying, well, Conor McGregor tends to be, you know, good with it's hard to take him down because of his power. And then he was actually getting beat up on his feet. And then Khabib was able to take him down. So I think, I do I think that Dustin will be uh, more difficult to take down than, than Conor? I don't know. I think, yeah. I think Conor had pretty good defense, but he, uh, now, maybe Connor was a little bit too aggressive going in, or you know, confident. I don't know. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be actually, you know, even though I wasn't a huge fan of Dustin Poirier, I think that it's gonna be a good fight. I think that Dustin has kind of shocked me a little bit, and maybe uh, you know, a percentage of the audience. So I, I, you know, and definitely it's a Khabib fight either right. way. So it's it's gonna be good. Yeah, I mean, Dustin's been around for a very very long time. Like, I remember watching him on some show they had, I think it was on Showtime or HBO, I just forget the name of the documentary, with, uh, this is before he got into the UFC, he was, or he was just beginning to, so, but then he's now training, I think it's with the American Top Team, right now, and he said he specifically went there years ago because he wanted to work on his wrestling, but whether that's going to be enough to handle Khabib, because Khabib's been doing it probably since he can walk. That's a, that remains to be seen. The, yeah. the the people that watch the UFC, you got a lot of different walks of, of life. You got just football people or sports people that get a kick out of it, watching it every now and then. And then you get some diehard fans who know the history and activities in that the fighters are involved in. They know where they're from. They know who they're hang with. They know a lot about the trainers. They know what type of training. Yeah. They know who else they trained with. You know, I, I'm not telling you something that you don't already know. I mean, you know yeah. George St. Pierre and a whole bunch of other big names. You know their trainers. You've trained with their trainers. It's like, you know, you know where it comes from. You know what, what hard work actually feels like that they might have gone through. So those are... You know, higher level fans, I'll call them. You know, true fans uh, of the sport. And there's only a, there's not many people that know, um, you know, Khabib what he goes through because you know a lot of you know he's in Russia. You know, we're we're in the U.S. So not many people get a chance to to go there. But they've watched film on him for years. The little bit of film that's you know that he's got as far as in his camp. Yeah. And then they also know the politics behind his training that and you know what i'm talking about right yeah so there's there's so much that goes into this when when, 
when you talk to, you know, the, those higher level fans. You know, the the lower level fans who might have been around for maybe five, six years, and they watch the UFCs, and you know, they might they might only know of these fighters in the UFC, or maybe they see them on a commercial or something. But when you know, you get people who do research and they know all those different things that we talked about. It's uh, it, it creates a much more fulfilling understanding of the fighters, and it's uh, it's not like you, and you still don't know who's going to win. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you you think that if you know more about them, that you know who's going to win, eh, it's still a crapshoot. Anybody can get hit a certain way, or you know anybody can get submitted. It's all it's a game of inches, you know. Yeah. And for the people, people listening, the documentary that I'm referring to is called Fightville. It was aired in 2011 on Showtime. It features uh, Dustin Poirier and former Ultimate Fighter and UFC fighter Tim, Tim Croder, which was the, uh, he's the first Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt from Louisiana. Just for you guys uh, who might be interested in checking out. I, I saw it once. It was a very good documentary. Who is the first United States Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. I know that you've looked at this stuff. I remember that you that you told me. Uh, I don't know if you remember his name, but it was uh, you know, but he, it was big because he was the first American. I just remember. And I remember you told me at one time. I didn't know if it, if well, it really matters for this conversation. Uh, they they have. Well, they say like they say Matt Sarah was the first but i know there was another guy who no he was an older guy not old but he was older yeah and then you got the dirty dozen uh which is like 12 um 12 guys that trained i forget who they trained over they referred to him as a dirty dozen um they're on their uh higan machado but there was another guy that henzo did videos with but the guy, I think, got his uh, black belt from, um, I think it was either Hoyler or Hoist. And I was, was about a, to say, was yeah. it Hoyler or was it Hoist giving out the belts when they pretty much came to the U.S.? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know like, if it was one of the older brothers. Hoyler, uh, not the smaller one, not the younger brother. What's the older? Not uh, Hoist? Who's, who's older than Hoist? Uh, well, definitely Hickson. Um, right. Definitely Holker, and then uh, oh, what's that guy that started the UFC? Right, right, that uh, guy, the guy with the mustache. Oh man, I know it escapes me right now, but I thought that he was the guy that gave out the first uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. No, they, 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 they like. A lot of people say it would be Matt Sarah, but I know there was another guy that... Um, no, no, not who got the first black belt, but who gave it out. Oh. No, that, it would probably either be Hoist or Henzo. Be oh, it would be one of those. Okay. Yeah. And then whoever received it, well, Matt Sarah was one of the ones, but I, th I thought that there was a guy that was before him. But anyway... Doesn't really matter as far as you know the the true purpose. Yeah, Horion is the guy who was the Horion. Horion. He and he was the one that there's a lot of film on when they first came to the United States and they challenged a lot of um, a lot of 
Kempo Karate and all these other different places that yeah. had fighters. Like, and they and they have you know black and white videos on YouTube. I'm sure you can probably search for them. I, I've, I've yeah. seen plenty. Yeah, I got, I got actually got some of that stuff. What's that? I actually got like a lot of that stuff. But I can't remember yeah, the name. I, I even got that because... other instructional video with the guy who was the guy used to teach in Red Bank, New Jersey. Actually, I just can't think of the. the uh... No, this was actually they came to a school and they said, "Hey, listen, we would like to, you know, challenge your school." And oh no, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the uh, who Henzo did the first videos with. Well, anyway, getting back to uh, UFC 242. So, who do you think? Who's your pick for that one, Khabib or? Or I think my safe, my if I had to bet money, I think Khabib. Now, would it be interesting? Um, you know, now that I'm feeling better about Poirier, I'm not rooting for the guy, but I wouldn't mind if he won. Mm. And if I see Khabib win, win, I would like it to be where I, I think that there are holes in Khabib's game. I really do. I feel that most of the holes that I see um, as a perfectionist are his stand-up. I feel that his stand-up could be, you know, where he can have uh, his hands tighter to his, to his, you know, into into his uh, into his ribs and into his jaw. Like, make sure he's always tight in the pocket, protect himself. Sometimes his hands drop. Sometimes he kind of throws looping punches. And I would like to see him have better kicks. Um, I think he's got a pretty good calf kick, um, and I like the. Uh, implementation of that calf kick into the UFC is a lot of fighters that are using it now. Yeah, I got it's such an effective, <laughs> I think, kick. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I think, not a very hard kick to learn. <laughs> and you don't need to be a ballerina with all these wild spinning jump kicks. Most of the kicks that are truly effective, um, statistically, I think, are quick, fast, forward moving kicks from. A boxing position, uh, you know, maybe it's a leg kick or a groin kick or a calf kick. Obviously, groin kicks we can't use in the UFC, but I'm saying if you were in a street yeah. fight, so all of those kicks, I think, are very effective. Yeah, you know what I find uh, interesting? I don't know if too many people notice this. I'm looking at Khabib's record. It's just like amazing. It's the same thing with Dustin Poirier. Unless you're like a diehard fan and you memorize everybody's stats. I mean, I'm a fan, but I don't memorize everybody's stats. This guy's been in the UFC. Since 2012. That's, you know, that's a pretty long time. Well, yeah, seven years, but yeah. how many fights has he had? Oh, he's like 27 and 0. Is it truly, is it 27 UFC fights? Uh, that I don't know, but he's got, I'm looking at his right, stats yeah. on the UFC. Let me count them all off. There's one, two, around. three, four, three, five, 15. six, seven... Eight, nine, ten, eleven. He's got eleven out of those twenty f- of those fights in the UFC. So he's correction. Right, so let me see. He's twenty-seven years, and out. Really not that much. There are some guys that have like five fights a year. Yeah, but I mean, it's probably you got to figure he was coming out of Russia. He had to right, make right, a no, name no, for himself. It was probably hard for him to get UFC level fights elsewhere. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it, but he seems to be... It was like Horace Gracie in the beginning. You know, in the beginning, Horace Gracie, you know, well, he had like four fights a night. But what I'm saying is, it's when the Brazilians came over, if you knew Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you're probably going to win. And for a while there, 
it was a very hard um, style to to fight against because mm-hmm. not many people knew it. And then everybody started getting uh, well-versed with ground fighting. Now, Khabib just tends to have just that much more of a dominating takedown and ground-to-pound um, style mm-hmm. that tends to just you know, not, you know, just finish people. So, uh, and the way he holds people down, some people are very, very difficult to hold down. And he does this, he does a very effective wrapping of both legs tight while scooting you forward into him. And he just, it's like a grab and pull, grab and pull, grab and pull until he's on top of you. And it's, uh, it's effective and difficult to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to say, I'm probably going to go with Khabib. I would like to see Dustin Poirier win, just because I kind of, kind of like the guy. I like the fact that uh, you know his personality, and like the fact he's that a he success back. story. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. been, and people want to see how do you fin- how do you avoid the attack, the, the common, what well, not common? How do you avoid the obvious attack of Khabib, someone who's just that much better than everybody else on the ground? How do you stop it? And that's what everyone, everyone wants. Like see a dominating champion, and then how do you finish or beat the dominating champion? Maybe maybe Khabib is a better fighter, but maybe you know uh, Dustin is going to be just that much better with a right hook. Maybe he you know, and just it's fun to see like anything could happen in a fight. Anything. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think of the uh, the co-main event? It's in Barboza plus now, the Irish now, Dragon. Barboza, he lost. To Khabib and Khabib mauled him. Yeah. I love Barbosa. Well, this is I a rematch. A, this now, is a rematch. If he he stand up like yeah. similar to Barboza, you know, and maybe boxing skill of Muhammad Ali. You know, like you know, I, I try and pick all the the uh, the best of everyone and try and put it together. But Barboza now, uh, you know, he he basically um, you know stopped Barboza. Uh, actually, what, how fast did uh, Khabib stop Barboza? Was it the first round, the second round? Um, I don't know if you remember if we have round three. Him, but... It was the third round. But in his in this matchup, it's a rematch between him and Paul Felder. Now Paul Feldner, he's another beast standing up. I, and actually, I think Paul Feldner is is really well rounded. I don't know how high level he is on the ground. But I definitely know that he's good stand up, and yeah. I think it's I think it's a great. I actually had forgotten that they fought Paul Feldner. I like very much, so it'd be interesting, you know. And, yeah, Paul um, trains with uh, I believe he trains with Daniel Gracie down in uh, on and off. I know he was training with because he's from Philly, and whereas Edson Barbosa trains with Ricardo trained with a Gracie <laughs> at some point. No, no, I mean. He's from Philly. Daniel Gracie's from Philly. And uh, Barboza, I think, trains with Ricardo Almeida from South Jersey. So they're, they're, okay. they're, they're like, you know, very similar um, trainings. I mean, they're not that far from each other. Um, yeah, he beat Paul Felder by, this, by unanimous decision. It went all three rounds. So do you think that he's going to win the uh, the rematch? Or do you think Paul Felder's going to come back and uh, get his revenge? 
I, I like I, if I had if, if taking away how I feel about both of them. I like both of them. I do like Barboza a little bit more, but yeah. I, taking away how I feel about them, I honestly just think that maybe Barboza takes the win. Yep. With this second matchup, I just think that he might have experienced him and maybe he'll make some adjustments or stay away from certain things and he'll uh i think i think eventually and i think it might even be a knockout yeah yeah I, i'm looking forward to it again because it's you know it's like a good stand-up war between them two but uh i think edson Barboza, if he's on he's like one of those guys like if he's on on his game you're getting knocked out if he's yeah. on his game, if he's aggressive, yet not cautious, but or just in, incredibly aware and defensive with also his attack, I think that he'll take it. Yeah. And, and as much as I respect Paul Feldner, who I think is a, just an excellent fighter, and I think it could go either way. I just, if my money's on it, it's got to be the Barbosa. Uh-huh. Okay, well, that's your take on it. So I guess we'll. Who knows? I guess we gotta watch, wait I watch to the see. UFC and then all my takes are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, we should we should have a, like a betting pool on this, right? <laughs> to get it going to see uh, see who which winner takes it on. But I, I think I think you might be right. I think the last time your picks were right on the money. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> too often i wouldn't say i have the greatest stats for being right but uh we'll see it's gonna be fun yeah did you see the last uh last weekend's ufc with the china's uh first ufc champion on espn or now unfortunately i was uh, i was busy at the time i was unable to watch it but well you can I catch it on was, espn uh, i heard it was a uh, quite interesting but quick fight yeah, I think she got she got knocked out. Andrade got knocked out. I think in the first round, if I recall. Yeah, I heard that she caught her. Uh, what, what, I think it was a was it a hook? Might have been a hook shot. Yeah, and then she got a lot of knees in, a lot of knees in, and it went. Oh, was maybe it that, actually, and, and it was also a little bit. Was there controversy there? I, I didn't read the uh, information on it, but I heard that there was possibly some controversy with. Uh, Elbows? Was it elbows or or punches to the back of the head? Or, or I forget. Really, I didn't, I didn't hear anything about that. Maybe it might have been another fight. I'm not too sure. Yeah, but I thought it was. I thought it was a pretty good fight. But yeah, you can catch in a replay on ESPN, man. That's the one of the benefits of your subscription. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I think we both feel like all right. We're not excited about ESPN. We would like to see it. Um, you know, on a uh, a network, uh, you know that is, you know, where they're going to show it, not where you have to, uh, you know, go onto the internet and and you know see all the fights. Yeah. It would be nice if they actually had it on TV, uh, on ESPN. But they're but, all um, going that way. You no, know, it even, is the way it is. Even Disney's doing it now, and Disney. Uh, someone I know actually, some the guy I just interviewed last week, I did a live stream with Adam Nutter. He was actually going to get the Disney subscription because it includes uh, ESPN. Like if you and if you pay like three years up front, you save like I don't forget the amount of money, but you save a lot if you pay for three years up front. But uh, 
I gotta I gotta look into that. And then the following week you got Cowboy. Oh, who's he fighting? Uh, Justin Ganji. Gaethje. Yeah. Justin Gaethje. Wow. Now Justin, he was a he was a big name for a while. He he got he he rose to the top. I truly just feel like even though he, he's killed, um, he's more of a, a rock'em sock'em robot that. <laughs> to uh, you know, just have no quit in him. Yeah. You, know, you can hit him with a sledgehammer; he'll look like he's he's wobbling, and all of a sudden he comes back, and then you know he just clobbers you. Yeah. He's the type of guy you keep beating on him, beat, beating on him. He'll take all these punches to the face, and then he'll just shake it off, and he'll grab you, put you to the ground, and smack you. And uh, you know, he's not a big jujitsu fan, but he knows. Uh, he, he knows the ground uh, well enough, I feel. And he, uh, Gaethje actually lost to, uh, I forgot, out. after Gaethje kind of rose to the top, uh, who was the champion around that time? Oh, he got knocked out, dude. Uh, let me see who, it was recent. Yeah, Gaethje got knocked out by, I think it was the champion at that time. Uh, for life of me, I, and he was a coach on the, on the uh, Ultimate Fighter. Uh, he got, let me see, hold on, my computer's freezing up on me. He got knocked out recently. But he did, and actually, the guy who beat him. Dustin was Fortier. Time. That was it? it. Yeah, I gotta see if I can, I didn't see that one. He lost to Dustin Fortier in April of last year. He got knocked out. And then he also lost to, um, got knocked out by Holloway. I mean, I mean, not Holloway, Alvarez. He got knocked out by Alvarez. When, I think there were opposing coaches, if I'm not mistaken. Too. Yeah, that's what it was. I didn't see that one. coach that time, and then they're going to fight. So, uh, a lot of people were impressed by Alvarez because he, he was able to take a lot of the beatings that everybody else were not able to take by Gaethje. And then he was able to come back and kind of Gaethje, Gaethje, yeah, you know? yeah, and and you know, of course, fans love to see, yeah, punching in the face, punching in the, you know, not exactly the highest level of skill, but um, you know, it, it takes a lot to to know how to, you know, hit and come back. You know, there, you know, some people think, oh, just take a shot and then swing. But you know, to swing with effectiveness. Yeah. Anyway, so th- that was interesting. But if if I had to say who's gonna win, Cowboy or Gaethje, I don't know. I got a feeling that if Cowboy can avoid the the constant bombardment of, okay, I hit you ten times and you're still gonna come, you know, then he as long as he can, you know, keep him at bay. I think uh, Cowboy will take this one. I think Gaethje. Took a couple, got a couple of knockouts. Now he was new; he wasn't getting knocked out, and then he got a couple of knockouts. So, yeah, you know, his chin and his head might not be able to take what he used to. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Like I've never seen Donald Donald last his last fight, but he's never lost two fights in a row. But I think Gangy's younger, and he's got. I don't know. I'm probably gonna give it to Justin on that one. You know, but we'll see. Anyway, Zane, enjoy your weekend. Guys, uh, we'll be back after this short break. Uh 
This episode is brought to you by Code Story. How does a startup get from the back of a napkin to MVP to exit? Code Story. Code Story brings you in-depth interviews with founders, CTOs, and tech decision makers, digging deep into the vision and critical moments of the people building the next big thing. Hosted by tech entrepreneur Noah Labhart, Code Story is a periodic window into the startup world. In their own words, veterans share what it feels like to disrupt an industry, how to recover from critical mistakes, and what it takes to build and lead a team that has your back. Visit them at https codestory.co. Hi, everyone. Do you like this podcast? Well, let me tell you about an app called PodCoin that pays you to listen to this podcast and every podcast that the podcast player pays. Just get the PodCoin app on iPhone or Android. It's free and super easy to use. You can use PodCoin to earn, to claim gift cards or donate to charity. It's literally amazing. It turns your podcast listening activity into a charity, or if you like, just get some Amazon or Starbucks gift cards. I use the PodCoin app to do all my podcast listening now, and I love it. Go get it on the App Store on Android today. Seriously, just go get the PodCoin app and use this invite code called MMA Shell. You'll get 300 PodCoins just for signing up. If you use this code, that's 300 PodCoins just for signing up and using this code, MMA Shell. Again, give the PodCoin app a try. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show. Hey everyone, I just want to make another announcement that October 1st, Tuesday, October 1st, you can meet me, Mark the Shark Retorto, and my daughter at a local library located at 144 Woodfield Road in Washington Township, New Jersey. Uh, the zip code, if you try to add it into Google Maps, 07676. On Tuesday, October 1st, starting at 6.30 p.m., my daughter and I will be doing a book signing. Where you can, we'll be doing a meet and greet. You get to meet us and learn how we go about writing our books. As well as autograph them. So come check it out. October 1st. Tuesday, October 1st. Starting at 6.30pm till it closes. Again, we'll be at 144 Woodfield Road in the township of Washington, New Jersey. The zip code is 076. Sorry. Check it out. Hopefully we see you there. Hi everyone, we're back on the show. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to two particular podcasts. One is called the One Five Podcast and the Darren Palmer Podcast, also known as Self Publish. 
in 30 days. They can both be found on iTunes. The One Five Cast is also found on Stitcher and Anchor. His the link to his podcast is Anchor.fm/slash15cast. Me and my daughter were both interviewed on their podcast this past week. Please check it out. You'll learn a little bit about us and about our new books that we have out, including my daughter's new book called A Little Bit Louder, which should be published hopefully within the next two months. Again, check it out. It's the One Five Cast podcast and Darren Palmer's podcast called Self-Publish in 30 Days. Again, I will leave a link to these particular episodes in the description of this particular podcast episode. This is a coupon queen pen from the CQP Moments podcast, and you're listening to Mark the Shark MMA Show. Hey fans, here at Podcast City Network, we have a lot of great shows on all of our great social media outlets, podcastcity.net, facebook.com slash podcastcitynetwork, hit that thumbs up, you can send a tweet to Podcast City Network on Twitter at podcastcitynet, only on Podcast City Network. Are you looking for your next action thriller novel? Check out The Cabal. The saga begins. You can find it on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com or www.RetortoFamilyBooks.com. That's R-I-T-O-R-T-L FamilyBooks.com. Again, check out the next great action thriller suspense book called The Cabal. The saga begins. Hi. This is Mark the Shark Retorto. This is a message to all the parents out there. Are you looking for an inspirational book for your child to read? Well, check out a book written by a child. 11-year-old little girl by the name of Christina Retorto. She has two books. One is called Invisible Girl. And one is called I Am a Survivor. Both inspirational books written by a child for a child. You can find them at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com as well as her website, www.retortofamilybooks.com. Again, that's R-I-T-O-R-T-L. All right, guys, we're at the end of our show. This is Mark Retorto. I'm signing off. And don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page. It's called the Mark the Shark MMA Show, and it's Mark with a C and not a K. And also, feel free to leave us messages by using the Anchor app. And also, don't forget, if you look in a mood for a good action thriller book, to buy my book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. It's available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And if you need a good book for your kid, get the I Am Survivor book or Invisible Girl book written by my daughter, Christina Retorto, also available on Barnes and & Noble and Amazon.com. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show and continue to listen to our shows every week. Thank you.